0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Romans chapter 2, the 16th verse, it says, In the day when God shall judge. And that day is coming. And when that day comes, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not going to have to worry about any preacher. You're not going to have to worry about any of your Facebook so-called friends. You're not going to have to worry about anybody judging you except God. He is the judge. Young people, you're not going to have to worry about your parents finding out what you did or didn't do. God's going to be your judge. And people say, well, only God can judge me. You can't judge me. And they're they're right. And there's going to come a day when God will judge you. And that's why we give them the gospel. We'd rather kind of go through that judgment now so you can find out that you're lost and in need of a Savior. Trust him so that you don't end up in the day when God's going to judge you because you don't have an advocate with the Father. That day is not going to be for believers. It's going to be for unbelievers, and it will be an awful, awful, awful day. The Bible says in Acts uh, 17 31, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. And because man does not have his own righteousness, that is why God calls everyone to repent. Now, so that God can give you his imputed righteousness. His judgment is going to be righteous. And if you're not saved. On that day. You're not going to receive the patient. Long-suffering redeeming God. You're going to receive. The wrath of God. And the judgment of God. That's going to happen in that day. Man's judgment. Often, not all the time, because we should judge righteously. But man's judgment oftentimes is man's way of boasting. It's man's way of self-justification. We really should get better. All of us, I think, can grab a hold of this truth. We all should strive to get better at humbling ourselves every day and relying on God. But self-justification, it's kind of like the teeter-totter game. It was the playground game. Well, they don't have them in playgrounds now. They're too dangerous. <laughs> but we had one at at, at the, the little schoolyard that I went to as a little boy. And, and I'm sure your kids have been on it or at least seen it one time or another. But the teeter-totter is, you know, you teeter, one kid goes down, the other kid goes up, and then you totter, the other kid goes up, the other kid goes down. We play child games with our own self-justification. We try to totter ourselves up so we can have the other person down. It's man's way of boasting and feeling better about himself. That's why the Bible warns us not to compare ourselves with others because we're going to get a false view. You can pick somebody that's doing worse off than you and say, I'm better than that person. And you may be, at least down here on earth except we've all sinned, and we need to be careful about self-justification. We would all do better to always go back to view ourselves as God viewed us. And that would be a humbling effect for us to totter down, <laughs> get low so that God is always, that, so that God always has the preeminence. Remember, the only righteousness we have The only justification that we have before God was a gift freely given by God through his grace. Go to Psalms chapter number 90. In the day when God shall judge, Romans 2 starts out as, but let's go to Psalms chapter number 90. Psalms chapter number 90. Look at verse number seven. For we are consumed by thine anger and by thy wrath. Are we troubled? Verse eight. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. But number uh, number eight. That verse, thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins. And God says that in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men. We can conceal things down here on earth. We can hide things down here on earth. Young people can hide and conceal a lot of things from their parents and their parents will never know. The school teacher will never know. The preacher will never know. But God knows. In a day where social media seems to be the preferred way of living, (laughs) communicating and having friends and the internet being such a web of getting people entangled in, there's a lot of things you can hide and do in secret. For as much good as we can get out of the internet and social media, I mean, we have it coming on Facebook. We have it going on the YouTube. We have it online on the internet and and great. We can use it for good, but there's so much filth. There's so many ways that makes it easy for people to hide, easy for people to conceal. With one or two clicks of a button, you can be into vile things that Christians ought not be looking at, let alone thinking about. It's a cesspool of filth. Yet thousands and thousands of young people are having their minds made impure. Having their eyes burnt out with impurity. And because of the guilt, they conceal and they, can, they hide. And predators will, will conceal and predators will hide. And it's an awful thing. But in that day, God's going to know the secrets of men. Wickedness may abound now and it may be hidden and concealed. But when that day comes, that secret will be revealed. Are you hiding anything in your life, young people? Older Christians, are you concealing or hiding anything? Go to God. Get victory over it. I'm telling you, it's in full view of God, especially when that day comes and he judges. Now, Christians aren't going to be judged on. uh, We're going to have a judgment. It's not going to be the judgment of the lost. We're not going to be judged. Our sins have been paid for and covered and uh, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are going to have a judgment that's going to be based on our works for rewards, not based on salvation. I'd hate to be doing something awful my whole life. Going to the judgment seat of Christ. And no reward. Wouldn't you like to be working now for something that has worth in eternity? Ecclesiastes 12. Keep flipping in your Bible and you'll come to Proverbs and then Ecclesiastes chapter number 12, verse number 13. The last two verses in the book in the chapter Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 let us hear the consolation of the whole matter fear god and keep his commandments why for this is the whole duty of man for god shall bring every work into what does it say judgment with every what secret thing whether it be good or whether it be Evil God's going to judge and He knows the secrets of your heart And of my heart Roll up. First Timothy chapter 5 verse number 24 The Bible says some men's sins Are open beforehand Going before to judgment And some men they follow after Likewise also the good works of some Are manifest beforehand And they that are otherwise Cannot be hit. You know what happens? And this happens all the time everywhere. Some people do wrong, some people do evil. Some people are good at concealing and hiding their sins now here on earth, and they never get caught. And others, it's open, it's just open right on the open. Everybody knows it. They do wrong and they get caught. People think that doing wrong is worse only when the person gets caught. That's a faulty way for us to think If it's wrong, it's wrong Quit hedging the bet whether or not You think you're going to get caught or not You can conceal it, you can hide it Maybe now, but not before God You know, the opposite is also true You've probably known, like I've known There's many people that do good And do good And do right And sacrifice And serve And down here on Earth, they never get any reward. They never get any recognition. Why are they doing it? Because their motives right. Their heart motives right. There's going to be a day. I'd rather get the eternal reward. I'd rather get a crown for eternity from Christ. Rather than and some people, they do good and they get recognized. They have all the awards and the accolades and, and, and maybe not. Maybe they're not even doing it for that. It's just that down here on earth, look, you're not going to figure all this out. God just says, look, there's there's going to come a day and the secrets will be revealed. In the meantime. Why does some evil go unpunished? Why do some people seem to get away with it and others get caught? Well, Because of First Timothy six. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going toward a judgment. and Some men, they follow after. Likewise, also the good works of some are manifest beforehand and they or otherwise cannot be hit. God's going to God's going to work it all out. Don't worry. First Corinthians chapter four. Let's read verse one. So let a man uh, let a man. So account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards. That a man be found faithful. That's a good place to be. Be a steward of God and be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. This is Paul speaking on the Holy Spirit's inspiration. Look at verse 4. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified? But he that judgeth me is the Lord. You and I don't know everything that God knows. And even Paul says, I don't even know how to judge myself. (laughs) You know. Number one, we don't have 100% of the facts. Number two, if we did have all the facts, we can't evaluate and conclude on all of those facts correctly 100% of the time. Paul says, I don't even to judge myself. You ever get in a situation like that? You got something going on in your life or in your mind or in your heart and you're trying to figure it out and you can't figure it out. Too many times we try to figure everything out, and God's like, look, I'm the judge. Quick. Paul can't figure himself out. I can't figure myself out on some things, and neither can you. What do you do? Leave it with God and move on and move on. This idea that we need to know everything is a false, it's a misnomer. We're not going to know everything. We don't have 100% knowledge, only God does. And if you had 100% knowledge, why do you conclude that you would be able to connect the dots and put the puzzle together the right way? Now this story, I probably told it to you before. If I didn't, it'll be new for you. If not, it'll be a review, but This mom was on the airplane and they're flying and um, she's by herself with the kids. The kids are screaming and hollering and fussing and they're just fighting. And it's just, it's just a mess. It's a mess in the flight. You know, people are looking over and. Finally. Person behind her gets so fed up. It turns around and says, would you just quiet those kids down?" And the mom, she's in tears. She starts crying, and she she apologizes. I'm sorry, sir. I just lost my husband, and we're flying to get the body. And my kids are just all out of whack, and I'm I'm so I'm so distraught over the whole thing. I'm sorry. You know what? That is a situation of people saw something, but they didn't have all the facts. <laughs> They only had some of the facts. People had information. Yep, there's a mom. Yep, the kids are unruly. And that person made a conclusion based on what they saw. And then they pieced the thing together and they made a conclusion. And they teeter-tottered themselves up and said, you know what? I have to do something. Except what they saw wasn't what they saw. And ain't that like us sometimes? We We think what we see is what we see. But it's not always so. It's not always so. And one of the hardest things to do is to discern somebody's motives. Why are they doing what they're doing? Paul says, I have a hard time even judging myself. I'll let God be the judge. Sometimes we got to look at the thing, make a decision, and just move on. Move on. Why get weighed down and bogged down when you're never going to have all the information. That's why verse 5 in 1 Corinthians 4 says, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. We should be more concerned just about living for the Lord rather than trying to be the judge of everybody, everything, ourselves, every situation. You're going wear yourself out. Psalm 19 says, Cleanse thou me from secret faults. God's going to judge the secrets of men. We ought to be better at just asking the Lord to cleanse us. Cleanse us. You got something in your life that ought not be there? How about Psalm 19? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Instead of, well, let me figure out what's wrong with you. Let me figure out what's wrong with you. Let me figure out what's wrong with the world. How about look at yourself? Lord, cleanse me. That's how revival happens. It starts in the hearts of individual Christians. Psalm 19 in the 14th verse, it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. My strength and my redeemer is what you're doing. Are your thoughts acceptable to God? Go back to Romans 2. The 16th verse, verse, it says, in the day when God shall judge The secrets of men and that's remember we looked at all those principles of judgment as we went through Romans 2 the first principle we talked about was according to truth verse 2 God's principle his second principle of judgment is according to the accumulation of guilt that we build up we looked at that in verse 5 the third principle was according to deeds verse number 6. Uh, The fourth principle of God's judgment, we looked at in verse 11, no respect of persons. He's 100% impartial. And in verse number 16, we see the fifth principle of God's judgment, which is what? God completely comprehends. He 100% understands the secrets of men. If you look at verse 15, back up one verse, look at Romans chapter 2, read verse 15 which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts, the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. You and I have a discourse going on with ourselves. That discourse is our conscience. That discourse is our thoughts. And so we're talking to ourselves. That discourse is happening. even now, Some Somewhat Have their conscience seared like a hot iron. You know what that means? You know what happens? If that's your conscience, you ain't listening to yourself anymore. You're not listening to your conscience bearing witness. You're not listening to your thoughts, hey, this is wrong. It's been seared. All those secret sins, all that stuff, you don't hear any protesting voice against them. You just keep doing them and concealing them. But what's the standard? In the day, look at verse 16. That day is coming. When God shall judge, he's the judge, the secrets of men. That's his principle of judgment. What's the standard? By Jesus Christ. We see varying degrees of privilege. Look at verse 14 again. I know we already preached on it. But watch this. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are law unto themselves. What do you think? We, oh, and we preached on this. I'm not going to rehash it. Oh, well, did you Jews say, Well, I got the law. Okay, well, you've got a greater privilege. You've got a greater uh, responsibility, which would mean more severe judgment. Well, you know, the Gentiles, they don't, they don't have the law. And they say, well, you know, God's not going to judge me because, you know, he he didn't give me the privilege of having the law. No, he wrote a work in your heart. Conscience bears witness. But do you see that varying degree of privilege? God didn't give the Gentile a law. I'm telling you, we need to be careful of this privilege stuff. Where I'm entitled, I'm privileged. We see this in racial arguments. Christians need to be, let me be careful and shed on water on this one. We need to be careful. We're not, Christian privilege is a thing. When December 1st rolls around and everybody starts saying Merry Christmas, but you go on the Walmart and the cashier says to you, Happy Holidays, you're not entitled. To have somebody say, Merry Christmas to you. (laughs) Look, I understand. I don't like the idea that they're taking Christ out of everything in our society. I'm 100% against all that. I'm with you on all that. But this idea that, well, I'm a Christian and you should say, no, they can do whatever they want to do. Now, I want them to say the right thing. We take for granted, because we have so much freedom in America, that if we live, if we lived in Russia right now or any other part of the world, we wouldn't even be thinking those thoughts. Well, I'm a Christian. they should say, I'm a Christian, they should because they don't treat Christians well. We're not entitled. We have eternal life. We're full of the Holy Spirit. It won't ever leave us. We have food. We have raiment. And we have a great commission. And that really should be enough and just say thank you lord thank you lord everything else is just icing on the cake and then we can say hey thank you lord that i live in america and you don't have to dads think about it right now if you had to send your wife and your children away to go be a refugee somewhere i'm entitled well apparently you're not in that country Jesus Christ is the standard. It's not us. And what we think we are privileged to have is the standard. We are not the standard. Christ is the standard. Verse uh, 14, it says, do by nature. We know what's wrong. We know what's right. And most of the time, it's no secret to us that it's wrong. And guess what? It's no secret to God. Written law. There was a, a word written. Uh, so the standard is Jesus Christ. And then it says in verse number 16, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of man by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. That's the sixth principle of God's judgment. Uh, the fifth was he comprehends the secrets of men. The sixth principle is it's according, not to the law, not to the conscience, not to the thoughts. It's according to my Gospel. Now, who's saying? So, Paul's writing this, right? Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Paul says in that verse, my gospel, which some modern Bible translations, the Good News translation of the Bible, gospel's completely taken out. It's removed. It's not even there. But Joseph Smith rewrote the Bible as well. He's supposed to be the head of the church of latter-day, not really saints of the Jesus Christ that they made up in their mind. It's not, a, it's not a true church. But he rewrote the Bible. You know what he did in this verse? He changed one word of the verse. He only changed one. You will never hear a Mormon, if any of those bicycle boys ride up and they got their little pin on their shirt and you know they're 19 years old it says elder (laughs) if you will never hear one of those boys say to you that they have a saving gospel they will tell you they want you to believe the gospel but they will not tell you you will never ever hear them say i have a saving gospel for you i'd like to i'd like for you to believe in the gospel that saves That is completely out of their vocabulary, and it's out of their vocabulary by design. Now, go to 1 Corinthians 15. I want you to look at this. I want you to get a hold of this. Because things are done subtly in order to deceive and confuse people. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. If you ever wanted to bring somebody to an understanding of what the gospel is, you go to 1 Corinthians 15. Moreover, brethren, verse 1. I declare unto you the gospel. Which I preached unto you, which also you have received and whereby you stand. Look at verse 2. By which also ye are saved. What Paul said in Romans chapter 2 verse 16 is my gospel. That's Paul writing. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is also writing and he describes what he means by his gospel. That it's verse 2. By which also ye are saved. You know what Paul preached? A saving gospel. You know what the Mormons preach? A gospel. They would call it the gospel. So what they did in Romans chapter 2 verse 16, they changed one word in the verse. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to, they got all that right. And then they changed my to thee. To the gospel. Because the gospel to them is. It's not a gospel that saves. The gospel to them is written in their literature is keeping all the commandments, keeping all the ordinances and getting yourself into the celestial heaven by doing good works. Is is, is the rundown of basically what it is. And when you change my to thee. You can't run the cross-reference to what Paul means when he says, my gospel. 1 Corinthians 15, it's a saving gospel. They don't have a gospel that saves. We have a gospel that saves. But the Bible says you must be born again. You've got to be saved, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's the only way you can be forgiven. You're not going to do works to get yourself there. And you don't want to believe in a restored gospel that so-called Joe Smith made up. So that's why it says my gospel. It's Paul's gospel. I, I, I'm i saved. I can say it's my gospel. Are you saved this morning? You can say it's my gospel. What, what What's my gospel mean? The same gospel as Paul. It's a saving one. First Corinthians 15. And the judgment, if you're not saved this morning, the judgment isn't going to be based on the commandments you kept, the ordinances, any of the works that you've done. It's going to be based on the standard Jesus Christ and what you did with the gospel. It's not going to be according to the law of Moses or your conscience, but it will be according to my gospel. Look at Romans 1. Verse number one, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under what? The gospel of God. Look at verse three in Romans one concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Which was made of the seed of David, according to the flesh. What are you doing with Jesus Christ? Where do you stand this morning with him? The judge is just. The day is coming. The secrets of men will become known on that day. And the standard is going to be a saving gospel. That's what we have as Christians. A saving gospel. You don't have to turn there, but I'll read it to you. John 5 says, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. You can pass from death unto life, if you believe the saving gospel and no other gospel will do and no other gospel will save. It's only the one that Paul preached, which is my gospel too, because I'm saved and it's your gospel too if you're saved. But if you're not, you can hide and conceal the secrets of your sin right now. But someday in the day when God's going to judge, they're going to come to light, and you're not going to have, you're not going to be clothed with the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. You've got to believe in the saving gospel. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.